All right. Hello and welcome to the How They Did It Business Podcast, where we share stories from the best in business. I'm your host, Alec Taylor, the founder of Diverse VC. Today, we have Aaron Papworth. Aaron is an entrepreneur who previously spent 12 years leading multi-million dollar economic development and behavioral science programs in the United Nations, U.S. government, and Johns Hopkins University. She is the founder of Navit, the first app to take lessons learned from behavioral apps health apps, and applying those proven strategies to achieve financial health for financially coping and struggling consumers. Erin brings her behavioral science background to the financial tech industry and services industry to shift the narrative around money and increase the financial health of the millennial generation. Erin, so excited to have you on. Welcome. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here and to talk to you today. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm so excited for when we get to our deeper dive and learn more about you and your business. But first, I wanted to thank you so much for getting some time out of your busy schedule to come on the show. Should we hop right into the fire round and, and get this started? Let's do it. Can't wait. I love it. So one of my favorite questions is asking about what book or books that you've given the most as a gift to people. And why did you choose that book? Absolutely. So I would, I love this question because specifically in the last year, I have given Cast by Isabel Wilkinson, I believe, to most of my family. Specifically, I don't know if you know it, but it's specifically looking at kind of the uh, caste system that has been historically implemented in the United States based on, you know, which creates the racial inequities that we have today. And it's um, an incredibly powerful, incredibly traumatic book that I think every American needs to read. And um, so that's been the one recently. I absolutely love that so much. And honestly, books that, that just understand what's going on in the world and, and, and help us understand a lot more about the different systems at play help bridge such important gaps in, in, in separation issues between different people in this world. I love that so much. With this said, let's hop into the second one. And this one's kind of fun. So if you had a gigantic billboard anywhere, and, and it, it could be in front of anyone, and it, millions of people would see it, what would you put on it? Would, you know, you can put a metaphor, anything like that. What would you put on it? I would do something that's close to my heart with our business. So I, you know, we'll circle back to Navit, but I would put on it, money is your friend. <laughs> because we really, you know, in our, what we're trying to do in the world is kind of demystify money, make it something that is not scary, reject the fear around it. And, and really just talk to people about how it's truly just a tool to get you um, to live your best life. It's not the end goal. It's not the priority. It doesn't define you. But it is a really important feature of this human experience that we need to live our best lives. Yeah. I, love, I think that's so important to understand that money isn't an enemy when you use it right and you understand money. And that's something that's so key. Now, let's talk about a fun topic, unusual habits or absurd things that you love. Can you tell us one? Yes. Yeah, so my son recently, we, we did a similar question where it's like, what's your quirk? And I kid you not, without like that he's nine years old, without skipping a beat, he looked at me and was like, Mom, your quirk is that you're always happy. <laughs> I was like, oh, child, you don't know all the things that are going on in this head. But I'm glad that you think that's true. Uh, but So, I mean, I do tend to skew positive, which is helpful as an entrepreneur because you kind of knew that. But also, I think like the, the random habit is that I really like pillows. <laughs> oh, wow. What's your favorite type of pillow? I like the lot, like the big, you know, just to be completely surrounded by comfy pillows, 
mainly when you sleep, right? The big long lens, the big bio. It's amazing. <laughs> I love that. You know, okay. uh, recently my girlfriend uh, introduced me to a pregnancy pillow. I'm yeah. not having a kid or anything like that, but <laughs> she was like, Hey, Alec, have you heard of this? Like, look at this thing. It's a massive pillow. And it, it's like, it kind of looks like the pie sign in math or yeah. something like that. And it like yeah. literally goes around your whole body. And I haven't tested it out yet, but I mean, I have to say oh the right pillow can make a huge difference. Do it. And like, I didn't say that part, but I figured out I love pillows when I was pregnant. So yes, absolutely an important thing. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Now let's talk a little bit more about behaviors or some of your beliefs or habits. A lot has gone on in the past five years, in the past year, in the past three months alone, in the past two weeks, right? Every day is something crazy. Uh, 2021 is just the, it's the better part of it all. Now, with that said, can you tell me about perhaps a, a belief, a behavior, or, you know, a, a, a habit that's most improved your life in the most recent uh, years? Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it, this really coincides with my entrepreneurial journey, because I think when you're in this you know, you're trying to bring something to the world, like as many entrepreneurs do, you, it is an incredible deep dive into your own psyche, managing stress, managing external pressure, managing, you know, your responsibilities. So it's been an incredible journey for me of self-discovery that specific, I say the belief is my understanding that I actually do have everything I need internally to succeed. And that's on multiple levels, like my own, like self-love for, you know, my ability to, you know, love myself and be proud of myself or have confidence, my ability for self-compassion to, you know, be kind to myself when I mess up or I'm, you know, be vulnerable enough to admit my weaknesses and my strengths and then self-determination, like that resilience, you know, we talk a lot in NABIT about resilience and resilience really is inherent in all of us. It's just whether or not you can tap into it and build it and, you know, use that muscle because inevitably life is really complicated. So that resilience is key and being proud and allowing yourself to, um, yeah, to overcome. I love that so much. It's kind of like the idea of manifesting what you want in life, because I think there was a saying that I came across. Actually, you know, I was talking with one of my, my friends and we were, we were playing basketball of all things. We were just shooting around and he was like, man, I'm going to lose this game. And I told him, look, yeah. you're going to lose the game if you think you're going to lose the game. 100%. I said, change I your mindset, change what you're saying. Half of it is just speaking it into existence. Maybe, you know, your skills don't necessarily change in that moment. Maybe you're having an off day, especially with basketball. It happens with everything. But just by saying, hey, I'm going to make this happen or I'm going to come back from this. I'm going to return. Life has a weird way of making that happen. And I think that's kind of the... I can't agree more. Yes. I think if you can think it, you can be it like that. It truly is an imperative, you know, abundance mindset. We talk about that a lot too in that bit, like this abundance mindset. Do you have a scarcity mindset? If you have a scarcity mindset, you're going to, you know, reinforce the negative thought process and behavior that perpetuates a scarce environment versus an abundance mindset with practicality, but moving forward, believing you can do it, seeing success, building on success. Like that is truly, I think, uh, a trade in life that gets people through it, through all the kind of ups and downs that are our human experience. I love that other piece too about the perpetuating aspect of certain habits and behaviors when you believe, you know, you have when you have that scarcity mindset, right? You yep. make it, that's the, that, uh, I love that so much. I could talk about this for hours on end, <laughs> but let's keep moving forward. Now, 
every founder, actually, you know, what? let's let's start with no. I think this, is a, this would be a great aspect to what we're talking about. You know, we have so many things going on. We have distractions. We get invitations to all these different things. In the last five years, what have you become better at saying no to? And how, and how do you do that? <laughs> Everything. I have become better at saying no to. I think I started, I was starting, the problem was I was starting from a place of probably saying yes to everything, which wasn't, wasn't the healthy starting point. Uh, but yes, I think to, to the answer before, you know, as you start to kind of internally focus, you find your internal power. I like to say empowerment to be self-sufficient and to just to have the confidence that you're navigating life the best you can and you're worthy of your abundance, you're worthy of love, you're worthy of all the things, you know, that we want in life. It allows you to not need the external validations that I think come from, you know, our like the way we are often raised, our like our genetic makeup, our propensity, our, our life lessons, you know, needing to please a partner and needing to, you know, serve like, you know, be needed by other people and needing to feel like you're always working. So thus you are worthy, you know, to, there's just so many things in life that pull us, that push and pull us. And when we're not centered in who, in our truth, that we just, irregardless of all the external things, we are worthy, empowered individuals. Yeah. You can really be distracted and pulled. So it's really like continuing on this self actualization journey <laughs> has helped me differentiate. What are the things that bring value to my life? What are the things that bring me joy? Yeah, I was such a like focus, like work I must give, like care for my family, like uh, external that you just like eventually crash and you don't have like the joy and the kind of yeah internal peace that comes from saying no. <laughs> I love that so much. And but by the way, it's funny. My girlfriend called. Uh, she told me earlier that I say I love it. I love it so much. It's too much in the podcast. So catch, I'm trying to catch myself. If you see me kind of stumble a little bit, I'm like, oh, I can't say that. What do I want to say? But it's true. You love it. <laughs> it's true. It, it absolutely is. And I think one of the things is that people crash and burn, and then they realize, okay, I need to spend time on myself. I am not this robot. Me personally, there's, there's multiple things like from physicality standpoints, I like my knee randomly hurt the other day when I was on this bike ride. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? You can't just say yes to, Hey, let's keep biking, biking, pushing it. If you're, you have to listen to yourself and how you're feeling because no one else has to deal with that repercussion as well. I, I think all that kind of comes in a bundled piece right there. Next one, not saying I love that so much. I don't, can I say I love that? Because I was like, I love it. Yes, it's true. <laughs> Many founders have a defining moment when they say, yes, this is when I want to become an entrepreneur. You know, this is when I know I have the right business. What was that defining moment for you? Yeah, you know, it's a good question. I think initially, I so I started, you noted this, but I have a consulting company um, that I initially started when I moved back from Africa, from living in Sub-Saharan Africa. Um, and there was a choice. I just had a choice, right? I had Avery Franklin uh, Consulting, right? Avery Franklin Consulting. Yeah, it does. It was doing, and it like, it still kind of runs on the side with friends of mine that run it, but it's yeah. International consulting. It was doing what I was doing before, you know, contracting with the UN or U S government to implement behavioral science and health programs overseas. And that yeah, I, I had a choice. I had, you know, this adorable little three-year-old child I needed to take care of. I was moving back to a continent that I hadn't lived on for over, like, as an adult, basically. And I couldn't, I mean, I just saw two choices. I go get a job, I work for someone else, or I start 
my own thing. And I continued doing what I really love and what I knew I was starting to, uh, you know, I was starting to get confidence that I was good at it. And it just kind of wasn't a choice. It gave me flexibility. It gave me self-determination. It gave me creativity and a chance to, yeah, set my own path. And that, yeah, that led to the second business. I love that so much. And and sorry to, to cut you off there. Please continue moving forward. I apologize. I want to hear it. No, that's okay. Yeah, no, it just having that courage and also, so there are two things. I had to set up a, a business in for the you know for the first time also so navigating the financial system of the United States not really feeling confident because I I had been lucky gone abroad saved a ton of money because the cost of living so cheap over there but and I hadn't gotten into debt I hadn't gotten into any like you know financial trouble but I had really also navigated the financial system here you know like I had credit cards but I had never bought a house I'd never had to really deal with you know some of the different barriers and challenges yeah. yeah. So by setting up my first business, I realized, look at all these and the mental stress of that. Like, am I, where am I messing up? Is IRS going to be mad at me? I don't know what I'm doing. You know, like, how does this work? It really showed me that there was a huge need for, especially millennial generation that have all these nuanced financial burdens like student loan debt or the 2008 crisis or, you know, the weirdness of our political system now. So they are now pandemic, like there's such a unique financial needs of this population that are unmet. The confidence is low, but all of a sudden we have technology coming in and giving us a billion apps that we can transfer money on and get a credit card in two seconds and, you know, consolidate our loans. No one's helping people navigate that for their own financial good. So the first business led me into the second. Gosh, I did it again. Oh my goodness. But it's so true because so many people, they, you said to yourself, there are too many transfer your money here apps, transfer your money there apps. And it's, it's so much of a, Hey, you know, we have these amazing sales teams and marketing teams saying, Hey, we're the best tool. You have to have us tools, our our tools. Then you have to start paying for our tools. And the, the question that people forget to ask is why do I need your tool? And is there something else that is a better solution for my exact need? Not something that paints itself as the right fix. And in addition to that, it's first off, do I even have the knowledge to determine that and the confidence around these areas and topics to be able to get there? And I love how Navit kind of comes in and, and fixes that. I'm just going to say, I love it. It's just, that's my thing. Guys, moving forward, let's talk about failure, right? The last two questions here. Failure is something we all go through. We have things that aren't complete failures or things that are an apparent failure to others, right? For you, can you tell me about a time that you failed and it turned out to be a a great success for you or ended up benefiting you in the long run? Absolutely. And I think, you know, I talk to my team about this. I talk to my son about this. Like to me, there is no, I mean, it sounds cliche, but I don't, I really don't think there's any such thing as failure. There are lessons and you have a choice. Once again, going full circle back to the, you know, abundance mindset, you have a choice on how you deal with that, right? If you to your friend's point, like if you think this is, you know, devastating, it's going to be the last thing, you know, I'm, my life is over, I'm going to lose this game, then failure becomes something really intrinsic and deeply embedded in your life. If you take these failures, you acknowledge your part in them, you learn from them, you have this incredible opportunity to be better and stronger. So I think, you know, I come from, this is probably a long, longer answer than you want, but I came from a divorced family. I had a very conservative Christian mother. I was raised in 
uh, Christian world that I had these like, you know, an atheist stepmother, feminist, and like this businessman, entrepreneur, dad, like a very weird, diverse background. But I, you know, I had a, I say I was happily married and I was happily divorced. Like my marriage in all intrinsic purposes failed. But that, that experience in my life was the catalyst for my self-actualization. I am, it a hundred percent set me down this road of self-love of all the things we were talking about before and understanding my worth in the world and who I am just by virtue of a, a human. I'm not better or worse than anyone else has just fundamentally altered my ability to be an entrepreneur to, yeah, to, to enjoy my life and yeah. And to have grown in, in really important ways. Uh, it's that's so heartfelt too, and thank you for letting us kind of in on on some things that that a lot of people hold really close to their their cards, close to their chest, and I it it, it speaks a lot to to your maturity and confidence in yourself. And two things kind of come to mind is is one is is pattern recognition with failure, right? You recognize certain things are occurring, and you're like, oh, I've been here before, I know what to do. Going back to to being the the sports guy that I am with basketball, you recognize that uh, person A is X amount of feet away from you, you can choose either to shoot or to run in with the ball drive and, and go make a layup, right? You have these pattern recognitions because you've perhaps failed and got your ball blocked and it was embarrassing and you, you learn from that so that now you're more suited to move forward. And and the other piece of that is, is it's kind of the idea of transcendentalism, right? You are You transcend to the next stage in life. You are no longer who you were before because you've learned, you've, you've taken this, and now you're able to understand the world through a different um, uh, set of glasses. That's amazing. And healthier. That's beautiful. Healthier. Ooh, I'm going to write that down. And healthier. Yeah. <laughs> Last question. When you feel overwhelmed, you're unfocused, you know, you temporarily lost focus, which is so easy to do. You know, what do you do to get it back? What questions are you asking yourself? Or, oh, or what, what's your process? Mm-hmm. I, I am, as you may have now understood after this 10 minute conversation, but I am a mindfulness person. Like I practice mindfulness. So to me, that means at the end of the day, I take the time to uh, listen to maybe a 10 minute meditation. I check. I, I have points mostly at night. Like it's just the nature of my life that I just check in. Like I really, you know, take the time to identify the triggers, what the emotions are of the day that are kind of that are riling me up and, and pause. Yeah, truly pause and try and just calm the brain because as an entrepreneur, as like anyone really like engaging in this world, your brain, you know, is going a mile a minute, a million, you know, and then you have the distraction of all, you know, what news have you forgot? I have really significantly reduced any news, you know, consumption other than maybe for like my financial tech, my FinTech stuff, which is different, but you know, Twitter, you know, I, I check in on Twitter once a week. Like I, I actively avoid the rabbit holes because <laughs> I love that. And, and that's, a, that's another piece. It's just awareness of what takes your time. The iPhone, I'm an iPhone guy. Sorry, Android users. No, yeah. <laughs> it gives you a feed, a roll up and I'm sure Android does it as well. So like also I'm just Apple team. Okay. I'm just, just team <laughs> Apple. I'm sorry guys. But the point being, it gives me a roll up of how much time I spend on social media, entertainment, music, X, Y, and Z. And being able to just understand first is awareness of what's going on. I think we'll chat a little bit more about that with Navit and how it's impacted everything. And that awareness of what's going on so that you can then correct or know what you can better or, or develop yourself in different areas to, to adjust and tweak that. And definitely the things that you, you take in, you know, there's a, I was in an, a marketing class years ago and there was this one statement that stuck with me is that 
people see like 5,000 different advertisements in a day. Maybe not with COVID being in a room half the time, but you go outside, you see tons of advertisements. They're distractions. So how can you take all that energy from recognizing those distractions and where do you reallocate that when you have 20% more energy? And how can you be very intentional and use Pareto's principle, right? The whole 20% of the things that you do give you 80% of your results. What happens when you take in, you now have 21%, you now have, it was a 4X rule, basically, you have 84% more gains, right? So perhaps, that you, you know, don't keep me word for word on that. But the idea is that when you reduce distractions, you're able to focus and be more impactful on the things that you need to be. That's Absolutely. so important. And you're driving that, like, so in a behavioral science perspective, people talk about awareness is the first step to any behavior change. So the minute you get that 20% back, now you have made that conscious effort to change your behavior and you have this opportunity to say, now, what do I want to do with it? So it's like, you know, baby steps towards the end goal of health, a healthier life. It's beautiful. Yeah. My father used to tell me, he said, walking in the right direction is far more important than running in the wrong. <laughs> and I think that, that it's the baby steps, you know, it, it might not be the biggest gain today, but it's a little 1%, 2%, 3%. And then you might have a five or 10% one day gain. And then you might go back to one and 2%, but that's okay because it comes in waves. All right, listeners, that's all we have for part one, the fire round with Aaron Papworth, founder of NavIt. We're going to hop into part two and take a deeper dive on her background, the amazing things she's done as well as talk about her business and how it's impacting people like you in the financial space.